Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday Night Live here at Bright Temple. Praise God for each of you who have joined us this evening, and I pray God's blessings over you and your family. I pray that you are blessed and encouraged of God on this evening, and I pray that you are living with expectation and faith, even as you are viewing our stream this evening. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this, your people who have joined us tonight for a few words of encouragement. Lord, help our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be open to what you're trying to say to us in this moment. Lord, most of all, let us recognize this is a destiny moment. Allow your word to instruct us to illuminate our path and lead us closer to you. Let us not leave this destiny encounter the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. We want to share a few thoughts about living intentionally tonight. We want to talk about living intentionally, living inside God's intentional will, not just his permissive will, but to live intentionally that we might be inside what God desires most of us. How many of you want everything that God has for you? You want God's best. The thing about it is God desires his best for you. He does not desire anything less from, for you. But many of us live with less than his best by our own actions, by our own failures to comport with his intentional will. We're still here. We still have purpose. We're still living. But yet we're living beneath where God desires for us to live. And we want to share a few principles tonight that may help us to live inside God's intentional will. Let's be intentional in our living, in our planning, in our dreaming, in our hoping, in the things that we say, in the things that we do, even in the jobs that we take, the way that we speak to people. Let's be intentional in all of those things that we may exist inside God's intentional will. The word brought me to Deuteronomy on tonight, and we're gonna share from Deuteronomy 28. This is Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 13. Again, that's Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 13. We're looking at the English Standard Version. And the word of the Lord there says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of the ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall you shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. 
and all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its seasons and bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. Their God commands a blessing. He lists the command. He lists the blessings that he has for his people. And in listing the blessings for, that he has for his people, he's giving them specific instructions. He's giving us instructions as to how we are to be obedient to his word, how we are to be obedient to the commands of God. In being obedient, sometimes we feel like obedience is restrictive that it's holding us back, that it's just a list of things that we should not do. I've shared before and I'll share again, the things that we do not do are simply us consecrating ourselves to God. We're consecrating ourselves into a special relationship with God. When you have a special relationship with a person, there are things that you do not do. In fact, there are things that you do not desire to do because you're consecrating yourself to them. You are living holy as unto God. It is not a bother. It is not something that you live with grudgingly, but you do it out of the abundance of love that you have for God. When I consecrate myself to him, I'm showing God my love. I'm showing God how much I appreciate him. I'm showing God how much he means to me. I'm not doing it for my own hurt, but I'm doing it out of abundance of love. That's why we consecrate. That's why we make sure that we set aside ourselves for God's use. The writer said, you should present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That means when we present ourselves to God, that's the very minimum. That's the very least that he expects of us. The word also says you should love the Lord your God with all your might, with all your soul, with all your heart, with everything that is within you. That's how you, God expects you to love him. God wants it all. Share that before God wants it all. He desires all of you. And in giving yourself to God, when you're giving him your all, that may cause you not to do certain things. It does not. They're not intended as limitations. It's just consecrations. I'm setting myself aside for God's purpose. I remember my dad when I was younger. He had a, many of those who know me and know he, knew him. He had a special car that he liked to drive on Sundays. That was his special car, his Lincoln, that he drove specifically to church on Sundays. One of the things about that car is sometimes he would not drive it other places. He would reserve it for the purpose of driving it on Sundays. He That means he would wash it and clean it. He would have it all prepared and ready because it was consecrated. It was set aside for a particular use. That means it didn't go out on Saturday night because it was already washed and cleaned and inside the garage and prepared to take us to church on Sunday. It was consecrated. It was set aside for a specific use. That means there are certain things that you did not do in the car. But those list of don't do's, it was not a restriction. 
It was for the purpose of consecrating for a particular purpose. Similarly, we, when we're consecrated to God, that means that there are things that we do not give to everything and everyone else because we have set aside those parts of ourselves for God. They are consecrated as unto him. The thing about living in God's intentional will, the reason he are consecrated is that he has a special set of rules for those who are closest to him. God has a special set of rules for those who are closest to him. And in fact, the closer you are to him, the more rules he expects you to abide by. And these aren't limitations. These aren't just a list of don't do's. These are just signals and signs that you have been set aside and consecrated unto God. The word says that you are a peculiar people, a, a holy nation, a, a people that have been called out of the darkness into the marvelous light. What God is saying is that I have this special set of rules because I have set you aside as my special people. You belong to me. And sometimes the things that you do and don't do are less about you trying to prove something to the world, but more about you showing God how dedicated and how consecrated you are to him. I'm talking about living inside God's intentional will. God is making it clear here in Deuteronomy that the children of Israel, you're my people, but as my people, there's a set of expectations for my chosen people. There is a list of expectations that are above and beyond what I anticipate anybody else doing because you're special, you're set aside, you're holy as unto me. And the Bible implores us to be ye holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. You're set aside. You're consecrated for me. Many times when we consecrate, when we push the plate back, when we fast, whatever we do to show ourselves consecrated to God, God, the, the, the word specifically says when you're fasting, don't tell everybody else that you're fasting. Don't walk around with your head down and with your, your face unwashed and looking like you're sad and dreary and depressed. You're not doing that for the sake of other people. You're consecrating your fasting for the sake of God. You're showing that you're set aside for his purpose. This is a commitment between you and him, not a commitment for you to show the world. It's not if you receive accolades from the world, from your consecration, then you have missed the mark. You've missed the opportunity to show God how consecrated and dedicated you are to him. God, when I set aside my plate, when I fast, when you some those who engage in Lent, when you set aside for a special consecration, you're saying to God, this is for you. My body is yours. My mind is yours. Everything about me belongs to you. There is nothing that I will withhold from you. That's what you say when you consecrate to God. Literally, there is nothing, God, that I will withhold from you. Whatever I have to sacrifice and whatever I have to let go, I'm letting you know in my sacrifice, in my consecration, not for other people. I'm not doing it to impress anybody else. I'm doing it as unto the Lord to let him know there is nothing that I will withhold from you. This is how you live inside God's intentional will. But there are those who, and at times we do the same. We go outside God's will. We extrapolate his will. We step outside what God desires most from us. Many of us, we've seen it in the Bible. We see it and 
It's, it's not, it's not, we don't have to worry about it, us doing it ourselves, but other, those before us have done the same thing. They've stepped outside God's intentional will. We saw David do that in, in second Samuel 11. He steps outside God's intentional will when he takes Bathsheba to be his wife. And then when he takes the wife of another man and then has that man killed, the prophet Nathan comes to David and gives, gives him God's word and God's word to David. It, it was very impressive and impactful. He said, David, he said, what would I have withheld from you? Had you just asked me? He said, what would I have withheld from you? He said, I've given you so much. What else would I have withheld from you? If you had simply asked me. He said, David, there was no need to step outside my intentional will because everything that you need is inside my intentional will. David stepped outside his intentional will and began to exist inside God's permissive will. And by that, that what I mean by that is that that's not the way that God intended for it to go. And that's all permissive means. Permissive means we've taken our own liberties. We've stepped outside God's path. We decided to make a few decisions of our own, decided to do it our own way, follow our own instructions, decided to make a few decisions without asking God. And we've stepped outside his intentional will. And now we are living and existing inside only the mercy and grace of his permissive will. And I say mercy and grace because without grace and mercy, we might die outside his will. So if you're alive and you're living and all of us have done it, I've stepped outside God's will and I praise God that he allowed me to remain inside his permissive will until I got my act back together. That's what David did in second Samuel 11. And we find, we find Achan doing that the same in Joshua chapter seven. Remember when the children of Israel overtook Jericho. And then after that, they went up to a much smaller city in Ai, and they were defeated soundly. And the Lord said, the reason you were defeated is because you disobeyed me. You took from Jericho things that you were supposed to reserve and give only unto the Lord. And that's what Achan did. Achan had stolen a few articles for himself that were supposed to be dedicated to the Lord. And he basically told Joshua, and God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, if you don't correct this thing, he said, I will not strive with you. I will not be with you until you get back inside my intentional will. The reason they lost at AI, at I, the reason that 36 men lost their lives is because Israel had stepped outside of God's intentional will. What have you lost? Let's not say you. What have we lost? Stepping outside God's intentional will. What have we lost? What opportunities have been set aside when we stepped outside his intentional will? There are so many things that God has laid up in store for us. And I want to grab hold of everything that has for me. But I have to acknowledge that I've stepped outside his will. And sometimes I, I just understand that, Lord, there are things that I missed, opportunities that I could have had, blessings that, that, that I let, that I, I, I missed, blessings that were set up for me that I walked by because I stepped outside God's intentional will. I'm telling you, there is no, no greater place, the safest place, the songwriter said, in the whole wide world is inside the will of God. David stepped outside his intentional will and began to walk in God's permissive will. And Achan did the same thing. And so have we. We've stepped outside his intentional will and have only by the grace of God 
thankful that his mercies are new every morning. He allowed us to exist inside his permissive will. That means we're still here. We still have purpose. For those of you who are not, who recognize that you're existing outside that intentional will right now, there's still hope for you. You're still alive, so God, and there is breath in your body. You yet have purpose. God still has a plan for you. God still has a purpose for you. It is not too late for you to walk back, to be guided back. Let Allow God's word to guide you back into his intentional will. A few things about the intentional will is that I want you to understand is that inside the intentional will, you enjoy the fullness of God's protection, the fullness of God's protection. That doesn't mean that you're not protected and out in his permissive will. That means you're still alive. God has not allowed the devil to take your life. You still live. So you yet have purpose. But when you live inside the intentional will, God affords you a greater hedge of protection. And I cannot help but think of Job. Job, when he was living inside God's intentional will, Job, he was a he was a perfect and upright man. The Bible says one who loved the Lord and he set evil aside. And despite all that he had, he never lost sight that all of his help came from God. He was inside a hedge. And so when the, the, the devil came to God and God said, have you considered my servant Job? The devil said, yes, I've considered him. But you've put such a hedge of protection around him that I cannot touch him. And every time I, I, I think of that, that blesses me. God had put a hedge of protection about Job and the devil did not even have the authority to touch him. And when we live inside God's intentional will, we exist inside that hedge. That means when we're inside that hedge that the devil does not have the permission to touch you. The only way the devil lays hold of you is when you step outside God's intentional will. Some of you are exposed right now because you're in his permissive will. You, you, you've gone along your own path. You're doing things your own way. And yes, God has allowed you to live. That's why I say you're still in part of his will. But because you're not in his intentional will, you're exposed to, to the slings and arrows of life that you would find protection from if you were to step back in his intentional will. Step back inside where God's plan is for you and you will find greater protection from your enemies. You'll find greater protection from the vicissitudes and hardness of life. If you step back inside that hedge that exists around those who, who reside inside God's intentional will. He that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. God affords a higher level of protection to those who exist and live inside his intentional will. There's greater protection inside God's will. And those who live inside his intentional will say things like Job said. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though I've, I have encountered hardness in life, I will not allow my faith to slip. I will continue to trust and fully lean and depend upon God. And Jesus said, even as a young man, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day for the night cometh when no man can work. What Jesus was saying is that God has a specific intentional will for me and I must continuously work on the will that God has for me. I must continuously set my hand to the purpose that God has for me. And we have to be similarly committed as our savior. We must commit 
to fully be inside God's will. Because when you're inside his will, God's saying, I'm going to bless you. That's what the word is saying here. I'm going to bless you. There are protections available to you if you stay inside my intentional will. Going back there to Deuteronomy 28 and 13, God said, I will make you the head and not the tail. I will cause you to be ahead. He said, you shall only go up and you shall not go down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord, which I command you, being careful to do them being careful to stay inside my intentional will that I will cause you to be ahead and not behind. I'll cause you to only go up and not go down, but you have to stay inside my will. I'm finished tonight, but I wanted to share a story relative to that. It's as a younger man inside my parents' house. Sometimes I would get a little motivated and decide to do things my own way. Sometimes my parents, they would give me a set of instructions, but sometimes, you know, you're young, you think you're smart, you know everything. So in one of these times, I was trying to do something that was outside of their instructions. I figured I could do things my own way. And in the midst of doing that, I created, I caused property damage to our house. I broke something substantial. And then as a result, we had to have repair done to the home. As a direct result of that, something that I had been asking for from my parents, I did not receive. There was a special gift that they had set aside for me. And because I was disobedient, because I followed my own path and did not follow instructions, I did not receive that thing that I desired from them. In other words, by being disobedient, I was still inside the house. They loved me. I did not even I did not even get punished for what I did. But because of my disobedience, I missed out on a blessing that they had laid up for me. And I regretted it, knowing that I had been disobedient. And had I simply followed their instructions, I would have received that which had already been prepared, paid for and laid up for me. I share that to say the same for you. When we're disobedient, when we're not focus when we're not inside God's intentional will. There are blessings that God has laid up for us and in store for us. There are things that he has prepared for his children. But when we're disobedient, we miss out on those things. And the thing is, and this is how with something we need to understand. It's not that God withholds it from us. It's that we're out of position and simply do not receive it. It's not that God withholds it from us. It's simply that we're out of position and do not receive it. It's almost like the the bride who throws the wedding bouquet, bouquet and the women who are sitting there waiting for the bouquet to fall. They do not know if they're in the right position or not, but it's dependent upon the ark and the trajectory of with which the, the, the bride throws the flowers. And inevitably, somebody is in a better position than the rest even though they did not know it. And many times the flowers fall directly into their hands, not because they're a better athlete, but simply because they're in the right position. How many times have we allowed blessings to fall that God had laid up for us? He put our name on it, but we missed them. They fell. We did not recover them simply because we were not in the right position. I'm telling you right now, when you're in God's intentional will, Stay inside his intentional will. And when you do, blessings will overtake you. That's what the word says here. Blessings will overtake you in the way as long as you stay inside 
is intentional will. Don't do don't be like I did as a young man. Don't follow your own set of instructions. Don't think you're smarter than God. Don't think you can figure it out better than he can. Don't think you can make decisions without seeking his counsel. But stay inside his intentional will. And when you do, not only will you enjoy the direction of his will, but you will also enjoy the protection of his will. And finally, you will also enjoy the blessings that you will only find inside God's intentional will. This last thing I want to share with you, and that's for those some are consecrating to God right now, and this is a season of consecration. I want to let you know that when you consecrate, you're not doing that for God. You're doing that for yourself. When you consecrate, you're not doing that for God. You're doing that for yourself. Why do I say that? It's because God is immutable. He changes not. He's in the same position. So God does not move himself closer to us. But when you consecrate, when you fast, when you dedicate yourself to pray, you're moving yourself closer to God. So the next time you think of consecrating, the next time you think of fasting, don't think of you doing God a favor. You're not doing this to do God a favor. You're doing this to reposition yourself, to be in the place where God desires you to be. You're walking back inside the hedge of protection that we often stray from simply by not listening, listening to God's will. When you consecrate, you're getting closer to God. You're finding more protection. You're hearing God more clearly. You're walking, literally walking into blessings simply because you're in the right position. And I'm praying that over your life right now, even on this moment, somebody in your heart and your mind, your physical body may not have moved during the stream, but your heart and your mind did. You recognize that you were not as close to God as you should be, that you've made a few decisions on your own and you did not consult God, that you have not prayed as often as you should, that you have not shown God by consecrating, saying, God, literally, there is nothing that I will withhold from you. And I promise you, just like God told David, if you do not withhold anything from God, God will not withhold anything from you. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few moments of destiny and purpose. Lord, we pray, Lord, that our hearts and our minds have been repositioned and redirected into a path that leads us closer to you. Lord, let us recognize that we're special because we're consecrated. We're special because we're consecrated. That means we set aside ourselves. We do not allow our minds and our hearts and our mouths and our actions to be open to any purpose. But we set them aside for you because, Lord, we are your special people. We are a holy nation. We are a royal priesthood. Lord, we've been called out of the darkness. And, Lord, you, we are basking in your marvelous light. And, Lord, for that, we just say thank you. Lord, I also want to say thank you, Lord, for all the times that I and we, we strayed outside your intentional will. We did things on our own. But Lord, you allowed your, Lord, you allowed your permissive will. Lord, to be the, the, the safety spot that caught us when we fell. Allowed us to live and still offered us some protection from hell and from the devil. Until we stepped back into the place and position that you desired us to be. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy that you gave us 
while we lived in your permissive will. And Lord, right now, we thank you for the favor and instruction that leads us back inside the hedge of protection and favor and blessings that we find inside your intentional will. Lord, we pray all these things in our son Jesus' name. Amen. I pray that you have been, have been blessed by what you heard on this evening. I pray that you have found it to be instructive and that you will use it even on this week to get closer to God, to recognize your consecration is not for him, but it's for you to recognize that God does not move closer to you, but rather in your obedience, you move closer to him. And as you move closer to him, I pray even on this week that you enjoy the more of God's presence. Enjoy the more of his instruction. Enjoy the more of his protection. And literally, blessings will overtake you as you follow his path. God bless you.